customer experience is new. Customer service has been around a long time, and there's a difference. This is Jeff Standridge, and this is the Innovation Junkies podcast. If you want to drastically improve your business, learn proven growth strategies, and generate sustained results for your organization, you've come to the right place. Welcome to the Innovation Junkies podcast. Hey guys, Jeff Standridge here, and welcome. Welcome to another episode of the Innovation Junkies podcast. How are we doing, partner? Oh, I'm glad to be here. Sitting here on a on a uh, not sunny February day, watching the ice come down and hoping the power stays with us. But all is good. Just another day in February in the South Central U.S. Yeah, kind of rough out there. We've got about an inch and a half of ice where I am. Yeah, and you know, and you know what they call this in the north? Like What's every that? day of the week. <laughs> common occurrence Absolutely. yeah for us uh you know there's a run on the on the milk and the bread and the chili mix at the yeah, grocery yeah. stores right <laughs> absolutely <laughs> all right hey we got a great show today jeff um we are going to be welcoming stacy sherman she's an award-winning certified customer experience corporate leader keynote speaker author podcaster and founder of doing cx right uh she accelerates customer loyalty referrals and revenue uh, fueled by engaged employees. Uh, she's been doing this kind of work across multiple industries for over 20 years. Uh, Stacy, it is a pleasure and an honor to have you with us today. Thank you for having me. Glad to be here. So now, yeah, now, now tell our listeners where you're located. I am in the Garden State of New Jersey. We get a bad rap in Jersey. Don't know why, maybe because of Snooky. Nothing to do with Snooky in my life, but yes, New how, Jersey. How's the weather? How tired do you get of people asking you what exit you live on and off the, oh, the term? Yeah, I actually sh could have just started with that, but yes, <laughs> it's it is a common occurrence. Yes, yeah, I, 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 a lot of my career I lived in Maryland and had, had lots of friends from New Jersey, and that was I, I know they got tired of it, but they were always pretty good humored about the whole thing. So, but speaking Absolutely. of random, random musings and to kind of get a little bit back on topic, we, we like to start uh, before we get into kind of the meat of the matter with the random musing. And, and as you think about reflect on your own history, what's one leadership lesson that you can talk about from your parents that was meaningful to you? Absolutely. It's showing up even when you're the minority in the room. And what I mean by that is my mom was one of the first women on Wall Street as an options trader. And at that time, I remember visiting her as a kid and there was no women. There really weren't any women and never mind petite women in the room. Um, and so, yeah, I didn't realize then that as I do now that she was a trendsetter and it the easy path was would be not to go in that field at that time, but she did. She showed up and she conquered and very successful. Very good. Now that's, uh, Jeff Standridge, what about you? 
So uh, I, I grew up in a blue collar family. Um, and when I was 13, my dad talked me into taking the money I had saved from doing odd jobs, mowing grass, hauling hay, those kinds of things, and buy a car. So I bought a 1950 model Ford car. And we started restoring that together uh, when I was 13, 13 and a half or so. And, and I remember one day I was working on something on the car. I mean, we did everything to it, everything except the upholstery. He, he, we, we just learned how to do, including body work and paint. And uh, I was rushing around to do something. I don't remember what it was. And my dad said, Jeff, actually, he said, Jeffrey, I was referred to as Jeffrey at the time. He said, Jeffrey, uh, if you don't have time to do it right, when do you think you're going to have time to do it over? And, uh, that, that, that has stuck with me, you know, for what, 50 years, uh, no, probably not 50 years, 45 years. Uh, if you don't have time to do it right, when do you think you're going to have time to do it over? No, that's great. How about you, Jeff? How that's you, great. Ryan? Yeah. Yeah. My, you know, my dad was, a was a career command pilot in the air force, three war veteran. And he grew up on a, on a, a wheat farm in Kansas, Lot, lots of life mm -hmm. lessons, um, and his history is one that someday maybe I'll write about. But one of the things that was really uh, compelling, he used to tell me is uh, if you want to do well at leadership, you have to realize you're always on parade and that all the people that you work with and work for are watching you. And so set a good example because it, it matters. It matters a lot. Man, we could, we could do an entire episode on just those three leadership lessons, right? I, I think so. And so. uh, Stacy, we'll talk about your your blog a little bit later. But you actually wrote a blog topic on the ten lessons from growing up with a Wall Street uh, mom. And so uh, I encourage all of our listeners to go read that. So we'll talk about where they can find that a little bit later. Sounds good. So yeah, so tell us about you, uh, customer experience. Talk about what customer experience is, what it is to you, what it is maybe in the industry, and 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 how you go about it. And and, and obviously a little bit about you leading up to that. Yes. So I am, I've been in corporate for a very long time, um, small companies, big companies, and customer experience is new. Customer service has been around a long time and there's a difference. Um, I'll go into that, but to say that my background has always been in sales and marketing and I fell into CX, CX customer experience. So when you think about customer experience, it is the journey that customers go on and interact with brands. It's how they learn, become aware of a company. It's the buying experience. It's how they get and use the products or service. So there's all these micro moments how they pay their bill and how they get help. The get help is the customer service as we traditionally know it to be. And so any moment in those, that journey, if any point is hard, difficult, unsatisfactory, customers will leave and they will tell others. Mm -hmm. So I am passionate about, and have taken the time to do and learn in practice how to actually know that you're delighting your customers at those micro moments. How do you measure it? How do you drive a culture where employees feel that they own 
the customer experience from back office to frontline. That's where my career has gone. And the principles, the framework is the same across companies and industries. It's just personalized. That's the difference. It makes sense. It does. And how do you, I mean, you said something pretty instructive there that was like, how do you, how do you start with or drive a culture in a company that values customer experience and, and puts that customer journey kind of front and center? Sometimes that requires transformation. So how do you really do that? Mm, great question. You're right. It requires change management. It requires resilience because many times companies are very focused on process, internal ways, internal decisions. And so customer experience is about outside in, thereby you have to have the champions, the leaders, executives at the top who are really focused on putting the customer first and driving employee engagement. It starts at the top, but then also it's the bottom up too, top down, bottom up, everything in between. And there are obviously a lot of ways to do that. I'll give you one example. So the executives at the top have to make sure that, that the customer experience topics are at every meeting agenda. And it has to be a conversation, bringing customer feedback to the meetings and all talking about what did the customers say? What's the pain point? And action planning process, process and humanizing business is what I like to say. It's got to be part of every agenda. So when that happens, then everybody is really marching to the same tune. So you're t talking about these um these touch points with your customers, you know, I remember years ago reading a book by Jan Carlson, I believe it was, uh, Scandinavian Airlines, where he called them moments of truth. And he literally went through the organization and counted the interactions that people had with Scandinavian Airlines and the opportunity to either wow them or uh, frustrate them and, uh, and, and referred to those as moments of truth. Have you ever come across that in your, in your work? Every single day. Yeah. That's yeah. actually the point of customer experience where it is about the different points of interaction with a brand mm -hmm. and really digging deep into the customer feelings, the customer satisfaction, the level of effort. So to make it real, for example, if I'm trying to buy on a company website, I give my credit card and it declines the form mm -hmm. for some reason. That is going to be an example where I may not try again. I just leave. I don't even tell you. Mm -hmm. Right. That's a moment of truth. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're right. I, and I've had those experiences. You know, I, I use a... Um, a very common online payment platform. How's that? Uh, and uh, and there's one particular person that I pay uh, to do some work for me who's out of the country. And 
every single time I attempt to pay them, I get a declined and I have to go enter a code and what have you. Now that's, that's where a potential for a good customer experience, my credit card company doing an anti-fraud uh, kind of warning for me to have to punch in a code and actually retry the, the, uh, the transaction again, but that opportunity to, to uh, delight me or to wow me has turned into a, a, a frustration for me because they don't remember uh, that I'm paying this person. And every single time I pay them, I have to go through this decline process. Exactly. So good intentions. Yeah, you know, what do they say? The road to hell is paved with good intentions, right? They have great intentions. intentions. No, you're, you're Jeff, you're exactly right on that. And, and that, that sort of friction that, that, uh, occurs will tend to may, give you an inclination not to use that platform. A good example of, of a, a, a positive experience is there's a, a company that allows in fractionalized residential real estate investing called Arrived Homes based in Seattle. Um, they, uh, they make it extremely easy to part with your money to invest. I mean, they've got all the controls and there's all the security but it's just so easy to buy fractional interest in homes when they come available. There's not a lot of, of uh, annoying process you have to go through. It's very few clicks. It's very easy to e-sign documents. It just works. And it's remarkable. Your inclination to actually use a platform like that and to have good feelings about it is so much higher when that friction is low in the customer experience. It's really, really a true point. Which is why it's important that people institute measurements into their CX practice. NPS, Net Promoter Score, is a very common one, but not the only one. You have to dig deep into how easy or difficult is it to work with your brand, to get help when they need. And it's those micro moments you were talking about really matter with ease of use. So NPS is not it alone. So Talk tell about us some a little of the bit. Others. What are some of the others? Mm -hmm. Yes. So we'll focus on what I was just mentioning, which is level of effort an effort score. Mm. It's one mm. of my favorites. Mm. So it's, it's digging into how easy or difficult. And that drives the why an MPS score may be it. Because if it is so difficult to do business with a brand, if it is so difficult to pay or to use a product, as an example, then they're not going to recommend a brand, which is the NPS question. So they go, they're very closely linked and it's much more tangible level of effort. If you do it right, you can really fix the friction and make it better. Mm. Hey folks, this is Jeff Amrine. We want to thank you for tuning in. We sincerely appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the Innovation Junkies podcast, please do us a huge favor. Click the subscribe button right now and please leave us a review. It would mean the world to both of us. And don't forget to share us on social media. So talk to us, if you will, about the, the differences in CX in a B2C company versus a b2b company because you do both you work you work a lot in b2b uh but you also do cx work in the b2c space so tell us a little bit about some of the differences you see and 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 anything that you think would be relevant in that regard so 
There are differences, but I want to say the most core important fact that's the same. Mm-hmm. People, people. Mm-hmm. Whether whether the human is a customer who's buying an iPhone, which is the B to C, or mm-hmm. a customer who is making a decision about a health plan for their employees. So B2B, mm-hmm. you're dealing with people and humans. So yeah. at the end of the day, it's really about walking in your customer's shoes, the human shoes, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. really mapping out what is the desired experience. How will they learn about the offer? How will they buy? In B2B, it's probably more especially if it's an expensive item, it's probably going to be mm-hmm. a salesperson coming out and talking mm-hmm. to the to the customer in healthcare, for example, buying a, an insurance plan for the employees. It's probably going to be a salesperson speaking to the HR department and helping them make a very important buying decision versus buying something online, a consumer good, e-commerce is very common. Gotcha. So the ch- channels are different, mm-hmm. but but the key is putting yourself in that human shoes, design the experience, and then here's here's the where the magic happens in B two B or B two C. You have to design the experience, and then you have to go to your end user, your end buyer, your your personas who you design for, and validate. That what you designed actually meets their needs. So at the end of the day, something we tell our, our clients at the end of the day, people buy from people. It doesn't matter whether they're, whether they're B2B, B2C, B2B to B2C or what have you. People are buying from people and they generally buy from people they know, like, trust, and have a good experience with. Trust is tremendous. Mm. And, and trust can be built it's not always possible to be in person. That is ideal. Mm-hmm. We know that. Mm-hmm. That human touch, sure. you know, pre-COVID, post-COVID, that doesn't change. But we know that we're getting more sophisticated. And even being on camera here, I feel like I know you because we're seeing each other. So we can mm-hmm. leverage technology to build trust, but it comes from the people. Are there some particular brands or enterprises that, that you could talk about that do this particularly well, ones that you've studied or you see they've got it just right. They have it figured out. What are some good examples? I would say I'll stay away from the obvious like Apple, for example. Mm -hmm. Um, Though there is one thing I do want to highlight about Apple that people might not think about, but it's part of the experience that anybody can do. And that is after you buy and get your product, there's a pivotal moment that people don't think about, which is they give you a half hour session to train you on your new product. So you schedule 30 minutes on your new product and then you set up a time and they call you. That's value add. And I want people to think about what can you do in your business like that, that is not an extra cost. Yes, maybe it's built into the cost originally, but, but that aside, 
-hmm. there is value add in that buying and that whole experience of onboarding. So I just want to bring that out Mm -hmm. because anybody can Mm -hmm. do that. Mm -hmm. Right. You you know, while we're, while we're on the Apple conversation, you know, there, there, there's this concept that we use with a lot of our clients called customer discovery, where you discover their needs or you, you anticipate the, the, the unmet needs or the business problem that they want to solve. And then you, you do some customer uh, discovery there to validate that you've actually identified the right problem. Um, separate from Apple that, that builds things before we even know we need them. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, uh, I believe it was Ford that said, you know, the famous phrase, if I'd asked people what they wanted, they would have said faster horses. Um, and so talk a little bit about this concept of, of market research to discover needs versus the kind of what Apple does to, to, to build innovative things before we even know we need them. Absolutely. It is a must, no matter Mm. what your company is, no matter what your brand is. So as an example, I worked at Verizon, my prior job Mm. in product development, I was customer experience, a leadership role within new product development. And what that means is that as products were getting developed in a very agile way, we infuse CX into the process so that we would launch with quality over speed. So Mm. I would take the prototypes, even before a prototype, we would do concept validation with the personas, the potential buyers. Do you see a need for this? What value do you do you see? Do you feel? Would you be willing to pay for this value? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then we'd go into prototype testing and feedback. And this iterative stage before huge investments into the new product. And that's where you're able to make sure that you're really building what for what customers want. And mm-hmm. by the way, I caution people, employee feedback is really good, but it mm-hmm. cannot replace customer feedback. Yeah, that's great. Very good. So as you, as you, try, to, as you, as you try to build the, an organization that values customer experience, how do you really attract and retain great mm-hmm. leadership that, that's going to make that a, a priority? I mean, talk about it, but we, we all know there's this sort of war on talent. How do you find the right people to be in the organization? I think finding isn't the hard part because there's a lot of people out there looking. The harder part is asking the right questions in the interview process to make sure that you're really hiring the right people. That's where companies fall short. Hmm. And that's low-hanging fruit, quite honestly. What what are some of the questions you think we're missing the boat on that you make sure that you build into the interview process or encourage your clients to? There's a lot of them, but I'll I'll pick one. You need to really test for communication skills. Mm-hmm. Because customer experience is about getting the basics right. And the basics Mm -hmm. is communication, meaning Mm -hmm. that 
a lot of times, especially in supply chain challenges right now, customers are waiting for a response. They want to be no. They want to be. They want to feel like they haven't been forgotten. So if a sales rep doesn't have the answers, are they still picking up the phone? Are they still telling the customer, "I got your back. I don't have mm-hmm. the answer right now." Or are they silent because they don't know how to handle the situation? Mm-hmm. It, and you need to identify that up front. Yeah, it's kind of about just expectation management, right? Um, if they expect you to call them at noon tomorrow, call them at noon tomorrow, even if you don't have the answer to say, I'm closer, but I need a little more time. Yes. So you need to really test for how well does your candidate deliver on the promise? What are mm-hmm. examples? that they can demonstrate on that and test for it without really leading them to that, you know, probing question. Yeah. I'm curious. We, we all are reading and Jeff mentioned the, the war on talent, this concept of the great resignation where people are choosing to step away from their jobs and might even take lower pay for better quality of life or more amenities or what have you. Are you, are you seeing HR and, and organizational development part, uh, departments begin to move into the customer experience world, thinking of their, of their employees as customers and begin to deploy some of your, some of your thoughts and practices there? Yes and no. Mm, okay. Um, there's opportunity for more. There's opportunity mm-hmm. for more partnership. There's opportunity for, and I'm talking about across brands and different people I sure. talk to, not, not one-sided view, one company per se, but overall in my own research, there's an opportunity when HR does exit interviews to work with your customer experience leaders and collaborate on how both sides care about employee engagement. Mm -hmm. There's a bit of a different angle where HR is about benefits and can you work from home or not? (laughs) CX is about how do you get employees engaged to deliver customer excellence? And they go hand in hand. So there needs to be a real close partnership And there's such a thing as an internal NPS score and there's a customer Mm -hmm. NPS score. How Mm -hmm. well are those being married and problem solved for? Yeah, I I could see an entire practice around leadership, right, of of exposing leaders in companies to Mm -hmm. CX principles to think about walking a mile in their employee shoes and are they an easy place to work? Uh, Are they a desirable place to work? Is the experience at the level that it needs to be? Um, and, and so I was just thinking about it in that regard. Absolutely. It, there's yeah. opportunity. Sure. Got Stacey, it. I'd also, I'd also be interested in your take on something, uh, Jack Welsh wrote about and kind of the, the classic book he wrote straight from the gut. Uh, and it was about his leadership experiences at GE. He said that the best people that were customer facing, and he was talking specifically about sales organizations, they tended to look for people that, that scored high on the empathy scale that were very empathetic. Mm-hmm. I mean, what, what are your, what's your take on that? And I know it's, it's all sometimes difficult to assign traits to what you're looking for, but what's your, what's your take on empathy as it relates to uh, customer experience? 
Empathy is one of those that I was mentioning before you need to test for when you're hiring people. It is a must. Mm-hmm. Um, it's no longer a nice quality. It's a have-to behavior mm-hmm. that is essential because people are more impatient. They are less forgiving. They are quick to judge and make changes than ever Mm -hmm. before. So if a customer service rep, for example, doesn't sound like they're really understanding the customer's story, but rather sound like they're checking a box and going through Mm -hmm. this call script, Mm -hmm. the customer's going to feel it and likely make a judgment call, a perception just on that one call, even if they love the product and potentially mm-hmm. leave. Yep. Authentic, so, right? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. So, so as we, as we start to, uh, I, we could talk to you all day long and, and dig into this more and more, but for our listeners, as we start to land the plane here, uh, cross industry, uh, cross company size, cross B2B, B2C. Give us a couple of what you would call actionable tips. If, if, you've, if we've piqued the interest of a leader out there of an organization, large or small, what are a couple of actionable tips that you would give them to take the next steps forward when it comes to customer experience? Yeah. So let's just talk about get the basics right. One, mm-hmm. you need executive, a champion at the top who ensures that CX is a top priority shared by every organization, every department. Mm -hmm. If you're finance, if you're HR, if you're legal, everybody has a customer experience job, even if it's not in your title. And if Mm -hmm. you don't understand how or why, call me because I'll explain to you. (laughs) Secondly, people are motivated buy money. Businesses Mm -hmm. are in business to make money. People work, hopefully because they love what they do. But we also know that you spend your hours, as my my friend Stacey Iron says, your heart beats Mm -hmm. at work because you are trying to afford experiences for your family. So Make sure that customer experience is on everybody's objectives. Mm. And I hate to say this out loud because it's very debatable, but tie performance objectives, your payout to how well the company delivers customer excellence. Because if not, people are not going to prioritize the customer pain points. They're going to focus on other, other performance, uh, key performance indicators. And CX drives loyalty. CX drives revenue growth. And so that's, it's, it's, it's all linked. So I would say make sure that you're driving that performance and connect it to customer satisfaction. It's not Very the good. only way. Money is not the right. only way, but certainly yeah. a factor. Yeah. So tell tell our listeners where they can find you. Doing CXright.com. I have a podcast. I have a blog. 
um, mentoring people uh, in my uh, off hours. I have a full-time corporate job, so time is limited. But um, mm. when I have uh, capacity, I'm mentoring people so that they can differentiate their brand mm. personally as a leader and differentiate their company with CX at the forefront and so much very more. good. Yeah, absolutely. So doing cxright.com and I encourage you guys to take a look at that, uh, that blog 10 lessons from growing up with a wall street mom. I believe that was last summer, this past summer that you wrote that blog. So, so look that one up and read it. It's a great read. Jeff, anything you would add? No, I just want to thank Stacey for coming on. I, you, you know, if you help the customers win, your company will win and you as an individual will win. And it, it's just, a, it's a great message. We're really glad to have you on. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. This has been another episode of the Innovation Junkies podcast. Thank you for joining. Hey, folks, this is Jeff Amrine. We want to thank you for tuning in. We sincerely appreciate your time. If you're enjoying the Innovation Junkies podcast, please do us a huge favor. Click the subscribe button right now. And please leave us a review. It would mean the world to both of us. And don't forget to share us on social media.